Amen. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, in verse 32 through 34, will be my reading. But, you know, I heard a story about a homeless man who walked up to the front door of a big farmhouse. Have you ever heard this story? He knocked on the door until the owner answered, and the man said, Sir, could I please have something to eat? Well, I haven't had a meal in days, he went on, and the well-to-do owner of the house said, If you go around back of my house, you'll find a fresh gallon of paint and a clean brush. If you paint my porch, I'll give you a good meal. Well, the man headed off to the back of the house. About an hour later, he knocked on the front door, and the homeowner was surprised. You're finished already. That was quick. Come on in and sit down. I'll have the cook bring you a meal. Well, thank you, sir, the man said. But I must tell you, you really don't know your cars. That's not a Porsche back there. It's a BMW. (laughs) Selective hearing is what we're going to be talking about tonight. And let's see what God's word has to say to us. Now, when they were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was going before them, And they were amazed, and as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again, and he began to tell them the things that would happen to them. Behold, we are going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. This is the third time that Jesus had given these words to his disciples. The reason that they were timid or fearful about going to Jerusalem is that it was a very hostile environment for Jesus and his disciples. And as they're entering into Jerusalem on this particular day, it's very close to Passover. As a matter of fact, that's why they're going into Jerusalem was to celebrate Passover. The disciples didn't understand and neither would we have understood what would begin to unfold in the upcoming hours to the man that they followed, that they loved, that they adored, that they were committed to. He was doing his best to prepare them. He was, he was sharing with them what was going to happen. He was communicating with them early and often and still they didn't hear what he was saying and they didn't comprehend therefore why they had to go to Jerusalem the reason that fear sometimes enters into our heart or into our mind is because we just don't believe that things are going to turn out real well wherever we're going or whatever's happening in our life or whatever has occurred we just think the forecast is doom and gloom and despair and of course they had received Uh, more than a fair share of their tongue lashings and browbeating and uh, been really devalued many times when they went into Jerusalem. But Jesus reminded them, we have to go. We have to go. Then he once again stated the purpose for which they would go and why he would go. Now, they had ears. They were very capable of hearing the words that he was saying, but they couldn't comprehend or understand them. Selective hearing sometimes is is an interesting malady in our life. I had selective hearing. I think it began in middle school. It began with the word chores, but I always paid attention when ice cream was mentioned. We hear what we want to hear sometimes. Is that true with each and every one of us? And there's various filters in which things enter into our ear and then begin to be processed through our mind and into our heart. 
There's different experiences we've had in life that sometimes hinder our hearing or our ability to comprehend or understand. Even if the words are spoken plainly, if there's no questions to be asked afterwards, still someone can misconstrue what someone is communicating. We played that game. You played that game perhaps growing up where you get 15 people in a circle. You start a statement. By the time it gets to number 15, it's three chapters and uh, uh, long, and it doesn't even resemble the first words that were spoken because someone heard it the way they heard it. They communicated it the way they communicated it, and the communication kept getting worse as it went around the circle. So selective hearing. I think we've all had it. Moses had it. Many of the great people in Scripture fell prey to this disorder, if we want to put it in that category. Moses tried to negotiate with God, clearly understood what the Lord asked him to do, but according to Moses' interpretation of it, there was another alternative. And there's other alternatives that we're offering many times in life, whether it's at work or in our home or with our neighbors. We have neighbors and some of them I would categorize as they take care of their animals' messes really beautifully. And there's others that they just want to share the love. I have asked them, I don't mind if your dog or your raccoon or whatever you're walking, your possum or whatever wants to take care of their business in our yard. It's the great outdoors. It's going to rain. Everything's going to be okay. But could you please pick up after your critter? And sometimes selective hearing enters into time. Like you're talking to me? Oh, my possum, my dog, my aardvark? You're, you're, you're referring to my animal? That Yes. I, you could say it nicely, politely. I mean, you, you, uh, you know, uh, could even provide a bag for them. Uh, but somehow it's like, who, me? Me? And it's no different in the account with God communicating with us either through the written word or in times of prayer when he's bringing something to our remembrance that he's asked us to do? Are you talking, Lord, are you talking to me? Is there anybody? And I imagine the Lord's like, is there anybody else right now? I think it's just you and I in this time of prayer and he's prompting us, isn't he? He's telling us maybe like he did the disciples, the second, the third time? Isn't the Lord patient? It's just not one and done with the Lord. It's not like, okay, you didn't hear me, all right, I'll never talk to you again. He just That's just not his nature. He just comes to us because he continues to try to prod us into a place where we're relying and trusting in him so we can experience his blessing. I know many times that I don't believe that my obedience will bring a blessing, but I have been overwhelmingly humbled and surprised that it usually does, if not immediately in the course of time. Because in my mind, what I heard the Lord ask me to do was go make a fool of myself and get mocked and get ridiculed. And maybe all he asked me to do was go share his love with somebody. But the way I heard it, selective hearing, you want me to go out there and risk my neck, my reputation, 
and, you know, be made fun of? He asked me to do something I'm capable of doing, but at that moment, I believed, you know, he was asking me to just go out there and throw myself at the mercy of the culture. I've been surprised so many times that as I go and as I share, the blessings that follow. I didn't always say that the results were something that were immediate, like maybe someone saying, yes, thank you for sharing that, and yes, I do need Christ as my Savior. But the process of salvation has begun in their life. Someone planted a seed. And what I found is the same thing you have found, and we'll have a moment here uh, for some interaction, that really on the other side of my obedience, whether I heard the Lord the way that he said it, or I just put my own spin on it, if I did follow through, and when I do follow through, there always is a blessing on the other side of my obedience. There always is a blessing. So selective hearing or listening, let's just give us a, just a brief and, and really practical way that we can define this. It's when we hear or listen to only what we want to hear or listen to, or we block what we don't want to hear or listen to. The first example can be the result of many factors, and that is not hearing correctly or 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 not being able to interpret what was said to us correctly. It can be hurts, it can be pains, it can be wounds, it can be a cluttered or a busy mind. It can be a noisy environment. I've had that happen where there's just so much outside noise, I can't specifically focus in on what the individual is saying to understand or to comprehend what they're saying. Uh, it, 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 it happens at uh, many different venues. A noisy restaurant at, I really don't like noisy restaurants because the people that I go to enjoy a meal with, I want to converse with. And if I have to compete with outside noise, then it makes it hard for me to hear what they're saying. And therefore, it takes away part of the enjoyment of why I even went out to eat. It doesn't have to be violins and candlelight, but I don't need like competing voices. The restaurant's a good example, but in our own mind, there can be a lot of clutter and a lot of busyness, and someone's talking to us, and we're not really hearing what they're saying. We're not hearing what they're saying. So the second, though, example that I've given unto you in this definition is also known as denial. I mean, just completely in denial, when we don't want to hear or we don't want to listen, like we're like, nope, 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 and that is not a good place to be. So in Mark's gospel, chapter 10, as we read this account, they're getting ready to go in Jerusalem, and the disciples, uh, once again, didn't comprehend or understand what Jesus was saying unto them until what? After the resurrection, then everything became crystal clear. Why is communication and talking with the Lord and communing and conversing and interacting with the Lord so healthy for us? 
Because initially we may not understand or comprehend, but later on we'll be like, yep, he's always right. He's never wrong. He's always right. But in the moment where he's speaking, either through his word, by his spirit to our own heart, because he still speaks to his people, he still calls us by name and goes before us and leads us, is this moment where we have to take God at his word, either the written word or the word that the Spirit is bringing to us. So here, let's talk about just four things that I think uh, we need to uh, focus on to avoid the problems that selective hearing creates. Here are four musts. Number one, we have to be willing to pay attention and listen closely for ourselves. I, I know no husband and wife has ever thought to yourself, wow, I'm really glad that my spouse is here. They need to hear this message a lot. <laughs> You've never heard for somebody else, have you? How many of you, when you were growing up uh, and you had siblings, I, I had a brother and then later on in life, we had, a, you know, some stepbrothers and sisters added to our family and and whenever, whenever there was some instruction that was, beget, was given to one, it really was given to all, but we all had selective hearing, like, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking to Steve, Mom. I, I, I mean, because just your favorite son wouldn't do that, referring to myself in third person. You know, just there's no way. There's no way that you're referring to me in this conversation. I know, Steve, I'm glad you're here because you really need to hear this. When in... Actuality, she was referring to all of us. How many of it, how many of us, you know, really believe that it's, it's beneficial that others hear the love message, but you know, sometimes we want to give ourselves a little bit of leeway and just let the flesh sort of determine how we're going to interact with people. And yet the Lord's talking to us all about walking in love. And we were like, yeah, I know so and so, they really need to walk in love. And just the, the, the very thought that we're, we're contemplating that shows that probably we, we need to walk in love, correct? Yeah. We, we, we read certain passages of scripture and says, boy, I, I'll tell you someone, boy, I'll tell you, I know who needs to hear that. And the someone is a person in the mirror. Let's first and foremost get what we need to get from the Lord and work and allow him to work on the plank or the, the speck in our eye before we start pulling the beam out of other people's eyes. And, This is just a good reminder. Be willing to pay attention and listen closely for ourselves. Avoid the deflecting and, and, um, you know, the content or or even the conversation uh, to go another way and just absorb what the Spirit is saying to you at any given moment. All right, number two, avoid using the preconceived and the prejudice filter. You know, a preconceived and a prejudiced are really akin. They're, they're really connected. It's, it's amazing when you look up the definitions of both, they're both mentioned in one another's definitions. So when we have a preconceived idea, it's a prejudiced. And when we're prejudiced, we have a preconceived idea. We've already come to a conclusion without hearing the matter. Someone starts and we're already at the end of the conversation and we preconceived and we already have a bias towards a certain slant. And so we've already finished their conversation and we didn't hear one word they said. 
And a prejudice isn't just something that's based on uh, social or economic status or the color of one's skin. It, there's just layers of different types of prejudice or biases that we have that we have to be careful of. If we're going to remove and, and sort of get rid of the selective hearing, you know, the Jews heard the gospel one way and the Gentiles heard it another way. And when they were called to work together, they had a hard time because of prejudice. Jesus had a challenging time in getting his disciples to go with him through Samaria. And yet he told them, we have to go through Samaria. And they're like, we don't go, we, we don't go through Samaria. And he, they didn't even hear that we have to go. Instead of saying, all right, we'll go through Samaria, that, you know, there's like a lot of ways to get to Jer- Jericho. We don't have to go through Samaria. They, there were certain things that they just had personal biases and prejudice about. What about children coming to Jesus and just wanting a blessing? And he, and they had a bias. And Jesus said, no, let the children come to me. They had this bias, this preconceived idea that children were to be seen and not heard. Yet we can learn some things from children. Now, the tail doesn't wag the dog. We understand we don't want to go to extremes, but at the same time, children can really put us in our place. Out of the mouth of babes. Anybody ever had your children say something and a little humble pie followed? Amen. I have. A little humble pie. But if it helps us to hear better, isn't that good? A little humble pie help us hear better? I think, all right, I'll have a piece. Slice me up a piece. I'll take a piece of humble pie. It's beneficial. It's good for us. All right, the third thing that I wrote down, and these were just things that I've sort of gathered by reading the Bible. It says, ask questions to gain clarity and understanding. If if you're not quite sure of what someone is saying, then begin to ask some questions. And when you ask questions, you begin to have a clearer picture. Just don't make an assumption. Don't Just don't walk away. And if you're still fuzzy and you're still not clear, then say, hey, can I ask a couple questions about this? And then just continue the conversation. The disciples had questions and Jesus took time to answer their questions. It means that if we have questions in regards to anything that God has ever said in his word, then he's willing to take the time to communicate what it means so that we could have the faith to do it. Because God is not asking us to do something we can't do. He's asking us to do something by faith when he does speak to us. So these are things that I feel have helped me. I still look at them. These are things that I have not perfected. I haven't reached the pinnacle of the mountain. I'm not on the summit. I'm not the standard. So I want to have more clarity. I want to have more ears to hear. I, I want to be able to, uh, you know, not interpret things through my own filters or through my own experiences, but really through the purposes and the will of God. All right, the last one is summarize, and this is my great typo. Are you guys ready? Drum roll. Here we go. Summarize what you heard. The word heard is not in there, and it's, uh, and it wasn't intentional. Believe me, it's accidental. It was in my mind, but it didn't make it onto the paper. So summarize 
what you heard before leaving the conversation. So when you're done asking questions, say, all right, in summary, can I say, can I, can I do this? And, and, and is this what you're saying? Is this what I'm hearing? Am I hearing this? And then you can go forward. Now, I, I think that asking questions is one of the most challenging things for us to do at people because there's sometimes a risk involved with that. Uh, so we, we want to ask a question, but at the same time, we're sort of apprehensive about asking a question. But as I said, I want to help and encourage and equip you that the reason that we ask God questions is because he has all the answers. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not. It's okay to say, God, I don't really understand or I don't know what's going on, but I need some clarity. Can I ask some questions? And don't be surprised in that moment of quietness that he doesn't start directing you back to other people in Scripture who are facing what you faced. And he'll be the same in your life as he was in theirs. And what will he be? Faithful. You're not the first to go through whatever you're going through. And there's examples of every aspect and every season in life in Scripture if we'll only remove the selective hearing. Sometimes we're like, no, no, that's the Bible. That's long ago. That No, the Bible hits every person in every season in every scenario because it is the counsel of God for every human being from birth all the way into death. All questions, all matters of life, all matters of godliness, all matters of conduct are already written in Scripture. No matter what season we're in, no matter what the situation is, we just have to be willing to hear it. Do you believe that your children are the first to go wayward? You're the first to ask a question, why, why are my prayers taking so long to be answered? Think you're the first to say, what did I do to deserve this? Have I, have I committed some horrible sin? Is there something that I have done that's been displeasing to you? God, are you mad at me? Are you punishing me? Do you think you're the first to ever have those kind of thoughts? Everybody say no. No. They're all written down. And they're written down as examples to encourage us that in the midst of all of that selective hearing or deflective conversations or filtering through different prejudiced filters or preconceived filters, that he always is just pointing us, pointing us, pointing us back into a better path and a better way of living. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.